Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting for Educators. Thank you so much for being here today. Today I have on Daniel Gagnon, who is a search engine optimization specialist and lover of all things content creation. After years of working as a journalist and then marketing manager, Danielle started her own business in 2018. Today, she helps female entrepreneurs grow their business organically and massively through SEO and content marketing. She's the creator of the Content Cash Machine Bootcamp, a mini course that teaches small business owners and bloggers highly actionable SEO basics, and she's the host of the Content Cash Machine podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, so definitely go check it out. Today, Danielle's on to talk all about SEO. She's giving us a breakdown of what SEO even is and how it can help you to grow your podcast. She's given us lots of good ideas on how to use SEO to come up with topics for your podcast, where the best place to go is to find keywords, and what you need to be thinking about as a podcaster when creating search-friendly show notes for your show. I know that this is a topic that a lot of you are going to be excited to hear about, so let's go ahead and get to the interview. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show all while making an impact on other educators. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the show. I was just on your podcast, so this is super fun to now have you on mine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I know the the episode we recorded for mine literally came out the morning that we're recording this one. So it's like full circle. <laughs> yes. So fun. So fun. So I figured we can kind of dive right in and we're going to be talking all things SEO today, which I know if you are listening, you're probably very excited about. I feel like SEO is a topic that people are always curious about and wanting to learn more about. And today we're talking specifically about how SEO relates to podcasting and how it can really help you grow your show and bring in new listeners and all of that good stuff. So can you start with just kind of giving us the basics, telling us exactly what SEO is? How do you define it in the first place? Yeah. So this is a great question because I think SEO is one of those things that a lot of people find really overwhelming or confusing and there's lots of conflicting advice and tips. So I like to really try to like demystify and simplify SEO and assure people that you don't need to, you know, know coding or you don't need to know these like super technical things to have success with SEO. So the way that I think of search engine optimization is really just a way of writing and structuring content to help your ideal audience find it naturally in search. So no matter what kind of content you create, no matter what topic you um, create a podcast around or a blog around, there are people, I can pretty much guarantee there are already people out there who are looking for that content in Google, right? There are billions of Google searches every single day. There are people who are looking for the content that you are creating. And SEO is really just strategies to help you show up for those people so that when they're, you know, searching for uh, how to do SEO for podcasts, for example, yes. um, your episode or your content is what's going to show up for them. 
Absolutely. That's perfect. That's a perfect explanation. And I love that it's it's a way to organically grow your audience because that is what what I talk a lot about on this podcast. And obviously, podcasting is a way to organically grow your business as a whole. So I think the two work really well together. So how do you see SEO being able to help grow a podcast? Yeah. So there's a few ways, really. So um, first of all, podcasts and podcast episodes, right, can be searched within the podcast platforms themselves. So you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you might listen. And as most people listening have probably done before, you can do a search, right? So a lot of times maybe you're searching for a specific show, but I know sometimes I'm just searching for a topic that I want to find an episode around. Maybe it's um, like, I really love true crime podcasts. So sometimes I'll search for like a specific crime because because I'm that person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but sometimes I'll search for like a specific business like challenge that I'm wanting to get some content around. And so that's one way, right? You can actually use SEO to make sure that you're showing up for the right people when there are people in the podcast platforms searching for content like yours. Uh, but also podcasts and podcast episodes can rank in Google. Search. This is happening more and more. Google is more regularly ranking audio podcast content right within Google searches, which is really, really powerful um, and a really great way to show up for more people. And then, even beyond that, podcast episodes can be turned into long form written content, right? If you're producing all of this content already, turning that content into a blog post is a really, really great way to drive more organic traffic, whether you're doing that yourself or you are like using a transcript of your episode that you're just sort of tweaking or hiring a VA, whatever it may be. Um, that's another way that you can use that podcast content uh, to really show up organically to, to a broader audience. Yeah. And I'm so excited to dive into show notes because I know that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today because I always say like within the listening apps, there's not that much that is searchable with podcasts, which is why it's so important, like you said, to have show notes on your website. So if you don't already have show notes, now is a really good time to get started with those on your website. So before we go there, let's talk about how can – because like content planning is one of the things that people really struggle with as podcasters, knowing what topics they should focus on, what topics are going to resonate with their audience. So how can SEO strategies help podcasters actually come up with topics that are going to do well on their podcast? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to SEO for podcasting, because even if you feel overwhelmed at the prospect of like doing keyword research and using keywords in specific ways in your show notes and like turning your, your content into blog posts, if all of that feels like, ah, um, (laughs) number one, I get it. It's a lot. Uh, Creating a podcast is already a lot. But even if that feels like too much, you can start using SEO strategies right now to essentially reverse engineer your podcast topics. Um, And so this really starts with keyword research. So just real quick, I'm going to define keyword research so that anybody listening who's like, what the heck are you talking about? Uh, Perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) So keywords are really the foundation of search engine optimization. Keywords are the words and phrases that we 
type into Google when we're searching for something. And they're the words and phrases that we then as content creators want to be using within the content we're creating, whether that's in our podcast episode titles or our podcast um, show notes, like the, the notes that are right in the episode or longer blog posts on our site. We essentially want to be using the same language, the same words and phrases as our audience. And keyword research is the process that we use to figure out what people are searching for online. What are they already out there typing into Google at all hours of the day and night. Um, (laughs) And and it's that keyword research process that you're going to be able to use to then create your topics. So I'm going to walk through three basic ways that I teach people how to do this. Um, But basically, it comes down to figuring out what people are, are already searching for And then using that information to inspire your topics. And when you do it this way, when you use the steps I'm going to talk through in just a second, you are going to create content that you know people want, right? You already know they're looking for it. And so you can feel really confident that it's a good topic idea because you know that there are literally people looking for it right now. So the most simple way to start doing this is just by using Google's predictive search feature. So we've all seen this before, even if you didn't know it was called predictive search. When you start typing for something, I didn't in know Google, it was called that. Right? <laughs> it makes sense once you think about it. But you start typing something in Google, and Google starts like completing your sentence, basically. Right? Google thinks they know what you might be searching for, and so they give you a drop-down list of things that they think you might be searching for. This list is somewhat based on your own search history, but it's also based on general search history, what other people have searched for related to the topic that you are starting to search for. So for example, if I started typing search engine optimization into Google, Google's going to immediately give me some suggestions of like, search engine optimization tips, search engine optimization specialist, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you can play around with this predictive search feature. Start putting in some general topics that you tend to talk about on your show, and you're going to start getting some really really helpful ideas of what people are searching for. What phrases are they typing into Google related to that topic? And you're going to get a bunch of ideas just with this one strategy of more specific topics that you could turn into an episode. Beyond that, I really like to use Google's people also ask feature. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've probably, you've probably all seen this too, but you do a Google search and somewhere within the search results is a little section called people also ask. And it's just related questions, right? It's usually like you scroll down and it's kind of like towards the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's usually like two to three questions that people have searched for in Google related to whatever topic you searched for. And if you click on the little drop down, it will show you a small snippet of an answer. Every time you click on one of the questions, more questions appear. So in literally 10 seconds, you could have a list of 10 to 20 questions that people are researching on Google related to your topic. And questions are such good inspiration for podcast episodes. You could take a whole episode to answer one question really in depth, or you could use a few 
related questions to um, inspire a topic. You could even use those questions to help you come up with interview questions for your guests to make sure that you're covering like the information that you know people are searching for. Okay. Those were so many good suggestions. And I think that I I always love to like set a 20-minute timer for myself and like do kind of a brain dump of of topic ideas. So going onto Google, like you just mentioned, and using those features, I think would be a really great way to really quickly get this whole bank of content ideas. So if you do something like that and you find some topics that people are clearly searching for, how do you then like choose a keyword out of that. And we can also talk about maybe some other platforms that you recommend for choosing keywords. Because I know that's something that people are really curious about. How do you choose your keyword to then focus on in your episode and in your show notes? Yeah. So I'll mention um, my favorite keyword research platform first, because that will um, be a good a good way to kick this off. So I, there's a bunch of different keyword research tools out there. The one that I use in my business every single day is called Uber Suggest. Um, I think it's a pretty common one because it is pretty beginner friendly, but it's also really, really robust. That's what I really like about it. I feel super comfortable recommending it to people who are new to SEO. There's lots of like tips and, and places where you can sort of ask Uber suggest questions of like, what does this even mean um, throughout? <laughs> so it's it's super beginner friendly. It's also one of the more affordable ones. There is a free version. Like all tools, the free version is not like super great. But um, the thing that I really like about Uber suggest price wise is that they have a lifetime price. So you can just pay once and have it literally forever. And it tends to be worth it if you're someone who is creating consistent content, which if you're doing a podcast, then you are. Um, so that's a really good option. And Uber Suggest and any other keyword research tool that you're going to use, the, essentially how it works is you'll type in a keyword phrase. So probably one of those things that you found in predictive search or a people also ask question, and it's going to give you actual data on this keyword. And that data is really what's going to help you figure out which keywords to actually focus on when you are choosing topics, when you're writing show notes, when even when you're writing like your episode titles and things like that. And so what I like to really look at is I want a balance between a keyword that has people actually searching for it. We do want to choose ones that we know people are looking for, but also that isn't overly competitive. And this is a really common mistake that people make is they want they they decide to go after the keywords that have the highest search volume, meaning the most people searching for them every month. But they forget that a lot of times those really high volume keywords are also really, really hard to rank for because they're being sought after or, or tons of other blogs and tons of other podcasts are going after the same keywords and they're really competitive. So I actually recommend going after keywords that are maybe a little bit lower volume, but are really, really specific to the topic that you're going to be talking about and are less competitive. So as an example, for this episode, um, if you were choosing a yeah, keyword me for a this keyword episode, to right? <laughs> now I don't have Uber suggest in front of me at this moment, so yeah. I'm going to sort of be making this up, but it'll be a good example. Yeah. <laughs> you would not, you definitely wouldn't want to just use like SEO or SEO tips or potentially not even like podcast SEO, right? Like that's more specific, but it's still really broad and it could still apply to 
a lot of different pieces of content and a lot of different searches. You are really going to want to get super, super specific. So like um, SEO for podcast show notes or um, SEO uh, for podcast titles or, or something like that, right? Those more specific phrases, while it feels a little counterintuitive sometimes because fewer people might be searching for them, they're actually where like the most bang for your traffic book is, I would say, to like <laughs> use a phrase completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that is going to give you the best chance of ranking higher in search. And page one of Google, like that's where the traffic is. I think the stat, the most recent time I saw this stat, it was like 90% of people never go past the first page of Google search yeah, results. Yeah, I believe it. I never do. Right. You're more likely to type something new into the search bar if you don't find what you're looking for. And so you're going to get more traffic if you can get on page one, even for a lower volume keyword than being on page 10 for a keyword that like 10,000 people are searching for every month. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, um, I have used Uber suggest. I, I haven't, I haven't upgraded yet and I've always wondered if it's worth it. So that is good to know. I think I'm definitely going to upgrade because it does show you a few things on the free version, but it also limits. Like you can only mm-hmm. do a certain number of searches and it's a very low number of searches. It is either like per day or per week or something. Yeah. So that's really good to know. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single episode and using the right tools is the key to creating high quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because... There is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear, so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, can I ask what is like, and it might kind of vary for you, but what is like your process for choosing a keyword? Like, do you typically start at Google and then you put it into Ubersuggest and you, I would assume that you title, you have a title in mind for your episode before writing your show notes? Yes. Yeah. So my typical process, I do like to start in Google. Sometimes depending on what the topic is, if it's something that like, I feel really confident, I know, you know, what people are likely searching for, then I might just start right in Uber suggest. But a lot of times I'll start in Google, play around with the predictive search to get like a few starting phrases. And then I'll head to Uber suggest, I will, I like to look at like a bunch of keywords, and then really narrow them down by looking at 
search volume, looking at the competitiveness, and also just really thinking a lot about how relevant is this keyword to my topic? How easy is it going to be for me to use this phrase when I'm writing my show notes, when I'm writing my title? Because you could find a phrase that has like, I don't know, a thousand searches every month and is not competitive at all. But if it's a super weird phrase that you're going to have a really (laughs) hard time using, then like there's really no point. So you definitely need to balance that too and be thinking about like how likely or how, um, how able will, how, I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) How will I be able to speak and (laughs) to, (laughs) to, uh, to use this phrase when I am writing either title or in my show notes? Cause that, that's the key, right? You need to actually use this keyword phrase within that content to be able to rank for it. So that's something to definitely keep in mind as well. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because for me personally, that is the hardest part Mm -hmm. is like figuring out how to incorporate it in a way that is still engaging for people to read, but making sure that you're using that keyword. So there Mm -hmm. is such a fine balance. And I've heard, and I don't know, I'd love to know your opinion on this. Like, is it super important to make sure that that keyword is like front loaded at the beginning of your title whenever possible? Yeah. So whenever possible, you do want that keyword phrase to be as close to the beginning as possible. There are some places where you'll read like it needs to be the very first thing in your title. And sometimes it's easy to do that, right? So like, for example, if if your um, keyword was like SEO tips for podcasts, like that would be super easy to just put that as like, that could be your title essentially. But there are other times where it's not going to feel natural to have your keyword phrase at the beginning. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is to create your content for humans. Yes, we want to think about Google and we want to think about the algorithm and all of that. But it's really the humans who are going to choose to click on something. It's the humans who are going to choose to listen to something. And Google Google cares about humans too, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And so Google also likes content that feels natural, that feels like how you would actually write or actually speak to another human being. Um, so if it if it doesn't work to front load that keyword phrase, if it feels super awkward, don't force it. Just whenever whenever it does work, it is it is helpful to do that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to know. Sometimes I sometimes if I'm like <laughs> trying to put it on the front, I'll put like the phrase. Like if it's something like um I don't know, like, let's just stick with SEO for podcasting, like SEO for podcasting, colon, what to know or something I do, like that. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like a little workaround. Yep. Now, before, because I, I really want to dive into show notes in a moment, but before we dive in there, are there any other, like, if somebody is really trying to like stay on a budget for keyword research, is there any other like free platforms that you would recommend? And I mean, I feel like and I could be wrong, but like Google is a place to that you could look like we talked about. Yeah, I, I think I've seen people have really good success just using Google itself. Um, you can also do the same strategies that we talked about in a place like Pinterest mm-hmm. or even within like the podcast apps themselves. They have predictive search in there too. A lot of times those are more related to 
to show titles that will come up versus like phrases, but sometimes you can still get some interesting ideas. Um, Beyond that, one of the actually most cost effective ways to do it is to use Google Keyword Planner. Now, Google Keyword Planner is only available in the ads platform. It used to be available separately, but it's not anymore. However, you can like pretend like you're going to set up an ad campaign without actually running it. And then you can get access to, to Google Keyword Planner. If you just Google how to, how to use Google Keyword Planner, yeah. you'll find you'll find an article or a video showing you how to do it. So once you once you go through that process of like pretending like you're going to run an ad campaign, it's totally oh. free to use Google Keyword Planner. Oh, that's good to know because I'm thinking back and I think I did try to use that once because I heard somebody recommend it and then it was talking about ads and I'm like, I don't want to yeah. run an ad. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's good to know. Good to know. Okay. So maybe you've done some content planning. You've used Google to help you come up with some good content ideas. You've done, you've put it into Uber Suggest. You've got your keyword that you want. So now you're ready to write your show notes. So what do we as podcasters need to be thinking about when we go to write our show notes so that they are search friendly? Yeah. So there's a few things. Number one is it's helpful to understand how Google crawls a piece of content and essentially how Google figures out what your show notes or any other piece of content is all about. I like to think of this as um, the search bot essentially being like a human who's trying to quickly scan a web page, right? So let's say you as a human, you land on a blog post, you see it's like really long and in depth, and you're trying to decide is this something I want to spend my time reading? Like, is this actually relevant to the information I'm looking for? You're probably going to read the title. You might read the first couple paragraphs. You might scan through and see what the different like section titles or headings are. You might look at any images or video that are included. And by doing that, you can pretty quickly get a good idea of what that piece of content is all about. And that's essentially what Google is doing anytime it's crawling a, a web page or anytime it's crawling your show notes. And so it's important to use your keyword or keywords in those key places in the title of your show notes or your episode and or your episode title. They'll probably be the same in the first paragraph of your show notes. You want to use that phrase enough times throughout the show notes overall that Google is really clear that, oh, this is what this piece of content is all about. And you don't need to overdo it. The general rule of thumb is that you want your primary keyword to be about 0.5 to 1% of all the words on the page. Um, so, which sounds very abstract, but if no, you wrote, it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. If you wrote 500 words, let's say, then you would want to use that keyword phrase like three to five times within those words or a thousand mm-hmm. words five to 10 times. So it's not about like overly stuffing it in there. It's really just using it in those key places in your title at the very, in the first paragraph, in some of your section headings, anywhere else where it just naturally fits in. And then beyond that, the other thing I always like to recommend to people is use your keyword research that you've done to actually inform the content that you need to include. Now, when you're podcasting, you'll need to think of this before you actually record the episode because your show notes are going to be based on the episode. But if you're doing keyword research in Google and you are seeing people also ask questions, for example, those questions can tell you what what information you need to share in that episode, right? So when you go to write your show notes, you can actually use those questions as like section 
headings and then include the answers to those questions underneath it. This is a really, really good way of doing your show notes because people naturally search in a question-based way. Um, It's really, really common for people to head to Google and say like, how to do SEO or how to start a podcast or whatever it may be, right? We all naturally search that way. And so when you structure your content in that sort of question answer format, it actually is really, really helpful um, and strategic for SEO purposes. I love that idea. I've never thought to use questions like that, that you know people are searching for as your headings on show notes. That is amazing. I'm going to start doing that. It actually gives you a chance to show up as the answers in those people also ask sections too, which is like a really prime real estate section of search results. Yeah. So I really think like a big piece here is that I think a lot of people do not do as podcasters is, you know, a lot of times people will record their episodes and then they try and, and incorporate you know, good SEO practices in their show notes. But really the best way to do this whole process is to do that keyword research before you Mm -hmm. sit down and record your episode. So that's like a really big takeaway. Yeah, that is such a common thing. And people do it with podcasting. People do it with blogging. SEO was always sort of like the afterthought. And I get it. I get it. But I really genuinely think that when you can make SEO the foundation of the content, like the thing you're doing first to actually help you figure out what your content is even going to be about, that is when it's like really, really powerful. And it also just makes your life a lot easier. You're not having to like sit and come up with these ideas in your own head. You are letting the people tell you what they want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so good. Now, how important is having the keyword in like the URL slug? Um, It is a good strategy um, as long as it makes sense. And so the reason I say that is sometimes you might choose a keyword phrase that is like really, really long and specific and makes for sort of an awkward URL. But um, whenever possible, I, I do definitely recommend that. It's just one small part of an overall SEO strategy, but it never hurts to have your keyword in that slug. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And now do you use WordPress? So I actually personally have Squarespace for my site, but a lot of my clients use WordPress and it is a, it's a really good platform. Yeah, I have Squarespace as well, but same with me. Most of my clients are on WordPress. And I'm always just curious because, you know, most people either have that I work with either have Yoast or Rank Math mm-hmm. that they use for keyword. And do you feel like the, you can kind of like use those to help guide you, but it's not like the end all be all? Yeah. So I think both of those, Yoast, um, Rank Math, the other one I see a lot is All-in-One SEO. They are, all of those are really good tools. And I definitely recommend using a tool like that if you are on WordPress and you have the ability to do it. The thing, the, the caveat that I always share is that those tools are only as good as your keyword. So you could get a green light from Yoast and be following all the rules. Yes. But if your keyword is like not good or isn't relevant or is way too competitive, you're, it's not going to actually help you. Um, so it's a good way to check your work and make sure you're sort of like checking off all those best practices. But real success really comes from doing that research piece before you ever get to the plugin. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And now can I on Squarespace, like there aren't plugins like that. 
right? No, no, no there's not. Okay. And there used to be, Yoast used to have until like just until a couple months ago, they used to have a free online version of their plugin that they called their real-time content analysis. And then it just stopped working. And I used to recommend it to people all the time. So I now have this grand idea to like make my own online version of it. I don't know oh if I God, actually Oh my God, you totally <laughs> should. Yes. <laughs> I, I like haven't found a good replacement yet. I've been yeah. looking for one because I love recommending it to people. But uh, so yeah, I'll add that to my never ending list of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think that should be moved to the top because all right, all right. <laughs> that is like much needed. I know. I like, I love the ease of Squarespace. I feel like it's so easy mm-hmm. to to create things like show notes and whatever. Yeah. It's just like very accessible. But yeah, that is one one kind of missing piece. But I guess, you know, as long as you're keeping those things in mind that you want to typically include, like mm-hmm. putting it in the title and in the um, content a few times, like just having those in mind and making sure that you're doing them is most important. Yeah. Perfect. Well, is there anything else that that you'd like to add that you feel like we didn't get to in terms of SEO? No, I feel like we covered so much. I think um, I think my biggest advice would just be to not get so caught up in the algorithm and all of the rules that you forget about creating really valuable content because more and more that is what Google really cares about. Google wants its users to find helpful, valuable, in-depth content. So the more that you can create that, the better you're going to do in search. Yes, all, you know, the keywords and the the technical rules and all of that. Yes, they certainly do have an impact, but none of it matters if the content that you're creating isn't, you know, really valuable and helpful. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, before we talk about where people can find you and learn more from you, I have two questions that I ask all of my guests just for fun. The first one is if you could interview your favorite childhood star, who would it be? Okay. So <laughs> I loved as a kid, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Oh, Wilson, yeah. Like every other late 80s, early 90s child. Yes. Um, so, and I'm just very curious what they've been up to the last few years. So yeah. I think that'd be part of it. Funny enough, I actually did interview Dave Coulier, who played Joey in Full House. Um, you did? I have interviewed him. We're now linked on LinkedIn. What? Uh, <laughs> Excuse me? How did that come about? So it wasn't for my podcast, but Oh, you um, used to be in journalism. Right? I did, yes. Yeah. So I used to be a reporter. And when I was in college working for a college paper, he came and did a stand-up show. And they said, you know, the paper was like, We need someone to interview him. And I was like, Me, me, it's gotta be me. <laughs> he was that's very nice. Amazing. Was he? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so awesome. So cool. You I hope that you have that saved somewhere. I do. <laughs> Is it online? Can you send you know, it to me? I'll have to see if it's still online. <laughs> Was it like a video interview? No. So we talked on the phone and then I okay. wrote an article. So it's probably cool. still online somewhere. But <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. I love it. And Mary-Kate and Ashley, I mean, they're amazing. I've had one yeah. other person said that too. So yeah. <laughs> I, I just love because I think most of the people that I talk with are like, you know, 80s, yep. maybe early 90s <laughs> babies. And there's just so many fun people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then number two is, do you have any favorite podcasts right now, either for business or for fun? Yeah. So I listen to so many podcasts, like so many, (laughs) um, all the time basically. But, uh, 
<laughs> I love I love true crime, like I mentioned earlier. So Crime yeah. Junkies is yep. definitely at the top of my list on that front. Um, there's a fairly new one that just came out that's like a mix of true crime and journalism, which I really like, called Killed. Um, oh. It's all about like killed stories. So stories that people were working on and then for whatever like controversial reason or another, they were killed by the publication. Um, that's been really wow, good. Oh, that sounds good. And then I also really like this one that's called, oh, I think it's called Real Gossip. Um, but it is all, it's literally like people will write in real life gossip and then the hosts just tell these stories and it's like oh, random fine. strangers, but it's just the most like ridiculous gossip ever and as someone who misses the only thing I miss about working in an office is the gossip (laughs) um so it sort of like scratches that itch for me yeah (laughs) oh it's called normal gossip normal awesome I know I love this question because I love I even though I listen to podcasts all the time and I already have like a library full I'm always still looking for new ones oh yeah I always need more (laughs) yeah same do you ever listen to morbid um, yes, I actually haven't listened to that one very much recently, but that's one that yeah. I've listened to in the past. I like yeah. it too, but one uh, like a couple weeks ago, I was listening to one and it was about a murder that happened in the town that I live in. Ooh. So I'm like, oh, I don't like that's this. always a little <laughs> too close to home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Danielle, can you tell people where they can find you and if you have anything that you want to share as far as offers go? We'd love to hear. Yeah. So the best place to find me um, is on Instagram. I am at Danielle Gagnon underscore SEO. Um, I have my own podcast, um, Content Cash Machine. So you can find that in all the normal platforms. And then for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about SEO, I do have a free guide um, to 10 simple steps to rank higher on Google. Um, and so you can find that at contentcashmachine.com slash rank dash secrets dash guide. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. We will definitely include those things in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. I feel like I've actually, I think I actually signed up for that guide a couple months ago. Have you, you've had it for a while, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really good one. Really good one. So definitely grab that. And Danielle, thank you so much. This has been really fun. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was really great. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.